me, I'm all the way up. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Life of an Average Joe podcast. Brandon Avera here. God, it is freaking hot today in Texas. I know what you're thinking. It's February, Brandon. What's going on? I don't know what's going on. You know, I've been here like 12 years, 11, 12 years. I can't keep track. I have no idea what is going on. Not a clue. It, three weeks ago, we had, or three, yeah, about three weeks ago, we had our, our ice-pocalypse, so to speak. It wasn't even ice-pocalypse. It was three days and really two and a half days. That's it. Shut the state down, you know? And, and typically, the last several years, it's been around Valentine's Day where we get hit. One year, that was the ice-pocalypse. Snow-pocalypse, ice-pocalypse. We had, I mean, it was Michigan snow. Year before that, couple days. This year, couple days. Now, for the last several days, really since the weekend, 68, 72, 75, 84 degrees. My air conditioner's on right now. It was 79 in the house when I got home. I'm like, what is happening? I'm bouncing between air and heat. I'm like, bro. My electric bill is not going to know what to do because I'm not going to pay it. And my air conditioner is going to be like, dude, I, I just can't handle you right now. And then, you know, I thought about, okay, just shut it off, turn the fans on. But it got so hot in this house. Anyway, how are you guys doing? Thanks for listening. By the way, this is a little bit of the podcast shuffle. It is. It's a podcast shuffle because the regularly, regularly, yeah, that's a word, scheduled podcast is moved. I like doing that. I think it's fun. You know, I, I record so far out that I can do that. But the reason I did it is because it had been a while since I've done an email message. I'm mean, calling them email, but it'd be all fairness. You know, in all fairness, I get texts, I get emails, I get DMs, I get posts, comments. So it's just a message. We'll call it the email episode, but it's really just, you know, it's about you guys, the fans, if you will. And really, honestly, over the last several weeks, I got a ton, a absolute ton of messages from you guys. And I was like, dude, I'm going to do an email episode. So that's what we're doing. We're diving into an email episode. If you haven't listened to the last episode, I highly recommend you listen to it before you listen to this episode. You absolutely must. I mean, is it like, a life or death situation? No, it's not that dramatic. Is it vastly important? Well, not really, but it's just a highly recommended thing from your host. So without further ado, let's dive in to the emails right now. And mind you, I could literally read probably 10 different emails about one topic in particular, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off bouncing around 
and then I'll go into a lot of these, what, what the bulk of them seems to be about. Although it's, that's not necessarily true because I've got a lot of emails on here. All right, first and foremost, let's go. This one comes from this person I know for a fact. Scott, I know for a fact, Scott from Dallas has definitely messaged me on previous emails. So uh, Scott, welcome back. Let's read your email. Listen to your podcast with Sophia Nello. I checked out some of her music. She's super talented, super cute. Hey man, she's got a boyfriend, dude. So you're, you snooze, you, you snooze, you lose, bro. Serious boyfriend, so you're, you're out. But yes, fair enough. Wanted to know, how did you guys meet? You never discussed it on the podcast. Oh, I thought I did. Hmm. Well, okay, in short, I used to, uh, you know, in my career in the bars and stuff, I used to book a lot of music. And so I had a lot of connections with local artists, local bands, local agents, things like that. And I'd heard about Sophia when she was probably like 16, 17 years old. Uh, and she was performing. She performed at the uh, place right downtown Frisco, Texas. Um, like the Frisco Music Center, whatever it's called. I don't think she was ever at School of Rock. But she also did a couple different events. And, and people in town started to know her. So I thought, number one, we got a local girl here. That's always good for business. Let's bring her in. Now, I was leery about bringing in somebody so young. So I believe, and she may correct me if I'm wrong, I believe I brought her in on a Sunday afternoon. I used to do, I forgot what I called it. Um, it was basically like acoustic brunches, like low key sort of things. You know, I'd have Sunday afternoon, we closed early. And this was a place I was working for that was outside. It was like a, it was almost like a, a food truck park. And We'd have our food trucks and people would be playing games, you know, cornhole, horseshoes, hanging out. We had misters because obviously you're in Texas. You're going to sweat your tail off. But I thought it'd be really cool to have music. So I would do like a couple hours of live music on a Sunday. And I would do music. I did it for a little bit on Thursdays, but I kind of dropped it. And I would do Friday, Saturday, Sundays, live music. And it really became like a center for live music in Frisco. Not to say that... We were the only place that was doing it. There was a lot of people that did it then. But it became kind of a hub. Matter of fact, we put on a, a music festival. Frisco's first real music festival we put on. And it started at that location. But anyway, so she came out and she drew a crowd. Obviously, friends and family. And her friends were connected. And, and her family were connected to a lot of people in Frisco. So it really got a lot of attention. Plus, she was this young, up-and-coming, you know, star in a, in a quote-unquote small town. I mean, Frisco was growing massively. It's a, it's a lot bigger now than it was. Trust me on that. Um, and that's how we met. And then, since then, as she started to develop as an artist and write her songs, I kind of kept track she was just really good and she was just a cool person. I could tell that she really dug music of all sorts, you know. I liked the fact that she wrote her own songs, she played the guitar, she worked with other artists, and it was just it was just really cool to see. And so I kept dibs. And I started to book her at other places that I had connections with or I worked at. And when I got out of the scene, I still followed her social media and all that and 
I didn't get a chance to go see her though. The last time I saw her was probably like five years ago perform, four years ago perform, something like that. And I've seen her obviously when she did some stuff, she would go live, especially during the pandemic um, or pre-pandemic, or she'd just, you know, be doing some stuff on TikTok, Instagram, all that, her website, but I never got to see her perform since. So that's how we met. And um, now she is in Nashville and she, I mean, she, she literally had her last gig. I say her last gig in Texas, but that's not fair. She'll be back. But her last gig for a while in Texas on Valentine's Day, which was her birthday, her 22nd birthday. And now she's in Texas. So, but yeah, you can check out her website and she'll have some dates up there, I'm sure, in Nashville. And, you know, she just dropped two singles before she left. And, um, of course, you can always, you know, I'll keep everybody in the loop on that. So there you go. Next question. What is this? What is one of your favorite bands or artists that you have booked? No name, Dan. What up, Dan? Actually, it says Dan the Man Kinda. Dan the Man Kinda. Dude, I'm going to look up and see if that dude's on TikTok because Dan the Man Kinda is how I feel. I'm like, yeah, I'm Brandon Kinda, sort of, sometimes. Uh, as far as what have I booked, um, that's so tough because I have different relationships with them. You know, I have different relationships. And are we, you know, are we talking like big artists? Are we talking like local artists? I'm gonna go local. Um, Three Drunk Monkeys were one of my favorites. They actually sang at my wedding. And inadvertently, I didn't book them. They were just there at the venue. And that's how that happened. Um, You know what, I'm a huge fan of The Missing Three. I'm partial to that because of my friend Joey. I love Joey. He's just been, uh, you know, I booked him duet, full band, singles. Just a great guy. I mean, just a great guy. So I'm a big fan of that. Um, God, there's so many artists out there, you know. I've had Prague Padilla on. You know, obviously, we are friends, so booking him was cool. I think having something to do with the booking of Parker McCollum was probably one of the biggest things I've ever done. I mean, we're talking about Parker McCollum right when he was about to explode. Second album, meet, you know, he's Meet Me in the Middle, uh, Hell of a Year. I mean, just these songs are blowing up. Actually, Meet Me in the Middle was off his first album, but um, Hell of a Year was just going everywhere. And we were at Southern Junction, Irving. This was the second location of Southern Junction. If you're not familiar with Southern Junction, Southern Junction is one of the biggest and oldest honky-tonks in Texas. Uh, I still, to this day, it's not the Irving location, but it's one of the oldest honky-tonks in Texas. It's been around. Everybody, if those walls could talk, they would say things we don't want to hear, but they have seen everybody. Anybody who, I mean, they have gone through the circuit. They have somehow gone to Southern Junction, okay? And the second location in Irving never quite lived up to the hype, but probably one of our biggest and subsequently most disastrous nights in a sense was when we booked Parker McCollum. We knew that this guy was blowing up and we booked him. And I remember at the time, this place could hold roughly 2,000... 3,000 would be tight, but it could, it, you know, 3,000 people based on how we had it set up. 
And we had put those tickets up on sale. We had gone out and given away tickets. We knew he was going to do it, but you never know when you do these big events. You know, are people going to come? You know, you, you just, you can't gauge it. You, you can estimate, and we did. We figured we'd have a thousand sold by the time, you know, the concert rolled around and then plenty of walk-ups. We had sold all the VIPs. And we had about 700 after that. So mm, close to a thousand. And I remember I was locking up on a Friday night. This concert was a Saturday and it was a slow Friday. And I anticipated it to be a slow Friday. Most of the people were saving their night to go out for when Parker showed up. And I remember locking up and it was me and another guy, my right hand man. And it was late. Not as late as it normally is on a Friday night out at Sojo, but it was late. And I remember getting a text message from a number I didn't recognize because I did a tweet under Southern Junction's Twitter, tagging Parker McCollum, post a picture, tickets were available. I did it on my page. I saw a bunch of people retweet it, share it, you know, all that comment, blah, blah, blah. I get a text message. Hey, how many tickets have we sold? Well, I don't know. You know, like, you know that if, how many numbers that somebody that works in the nightclub gets, you think I'm saving everybody's number in my phone? I don't save people's numbers in my phone now. I have all kinds of like vendors and stuff. And I'm like, "Eh, let's just see if I use them again. And then I'll save them in my phone. Because my phone's got people in there that I never talk to. The last thing I need is more numbers. And I'm like, I think we're roughly around a thousand. He's and this person on the other end is like, "Oh, we got to get that up." What do I need to do? And I'm like, "Buy tickets." And he comments back like, "Haha, jerk." And I'm like, "Who is this?" And finally, I realize this is Parker McCollum. It's not his agent. It's not his book. It's Parker. He he's tweeting. He's texting me. He's tweeting about the show, and he's DMing me on Twitter. I'm like, look, man, we need to do this. I'm pretty sure we can get this concert up. You know, this is what we got to do. You know what? I'm going to put a blast out there. So he starts blasting. Starts hitting people up in Austin. Starts hitting everybody up. He's like, dude, we're going to double that. We'll double that in the next hour. I get home, and it was about a 45-minute, 50-minute drive, give or take. I get home, change my clothes. Everybody's asleep. You know, at the time, we have a young, you know, young, young boy. You know, Luke was a little baby. Everybody's passed out and I'm like exhausted, but I kind of want to unwind because I know what type of day I'm going to have. I'm going to get up early so I can spend time with the family. I'm going to get up early so I can hang out with my son. And I'm going to go and probably do a 16-hour insane night. Not only running a nightclub, but having to bartend because we're short bartenders and I know that nobody's as fast as I am. And I've had no problem saying that at the time. Now, there's definitely people faster than me now. I'm old and I'm retired. But at the time, no. In that time that I got home, he's like, check your numbers. We had sold another 500 tickets. (laughs) That day, and I'm not going to get into all these details because some of these are in the book and I want to leave, you know, leave that story for you guys. But... Let me just put it to you this way. That was one of the coolest things I've ever done as far as booking. One of the most outlandish, craziest, 
wild nights I've ever seen. I had 60 people deep at the bar. True story, 60 people deep and my line at the bar. We were short three bartenders. We went, we sold everything. Every, I mean, bottle of booze. We had people in there till 3.34 in the morning. Parker was in the back. That's all I'm gonna say, we'll leave it from that. But that had to be one of the best. I, I mean, one of probably the highlights of me working at that location and booking and being involved in that and probably one of the low moments because of just how brutal that night was. But so I would say Parker, but on a friend tip or on a, on a local tip, I've, I've worked with so many local artists, you know, Matthew Bell in the next of kin, Prague Padilla, Whitney Raquel, just some phenomenal artists that, that I've had the privilege and honor of working with um, that quite frankly, to this day, if I ever had an opportunity to book anybody or wanted to put together a music festival or something, I have so many people that I would contact. There are people now that I sit there and I talk to on the phone and they're like, man, I'm trying to get this gig and I'll, I'll connect them with people because I've made such a, a, a great, so many connections and friendships and acquaintances and relationships by being able to do that for the last, you know, God knows how many years. So I was a long, that was a long answer, I know, but had to tell that story. We got here, this one's from Jeremy. Hey, I follow you and have been listening to you for almost since you started. I follow you on TikTok as well as watch Trash Talk. Oh, thanks, man, that's awesome. So in between all that, what do you like to do for fun? What else is this saying? Oh, he's going on talking about what he likes to do. You never seem to talk about what you like to do a fun for fun, only what you did for fun. Well, that's true. Because I'm boring, Jeremy. I'm boring. I'm an old, boring dad. <laughs> man, I don't know, man. Besides watching stuff, I read. I like to read. I'm um, reading a book right now, actually. Um, <clears throat> really good book, by the way. Um, I'm reading two, actually. I'm reading one from my buddy, Nick Luck, um, who's put out two books. I'm reading his, um, which I've had him on the show plenty of times. And I'm reading this other book. It's, it's almost a cross between a coffee book and like a book, you know, like a real book. It's called Superheroes, Fashion, and Fantasy. And it's a lot of, it's from these super not superheroes it's from these fashion designers that have designed their clothes based off superhero outfits and putting on some of them have actually put on runway shows with the supermodels all designed around like dc and marvel but this is long before the mcu and stuff um it's just all these fashion designers that how they draw their inspiration from superheroes and comics and stuff that they've read or clothes that they've seen like artists draw I found it, to be honest with you, <laughs> um, and bought it because I thought it was interesting. The pictures are amazing. That's why I say it's almost like a coffee table book, but it is a book. Like there's a lot of, you know, words in there. It's not just a picture book. So I've been reading that and then Nick Luck's book. So I, I like to read. Uh, I love music. So anything I can do, you know, listening to music, um, vinyl. I love collecting vinyl. I'm a big fan of that. Um, Writing, obviously. 
you know, I, I go for runs, I work out, I walk, I enjoy that. I love, love spending time outside to decompress. Um, man, I tell you what, if this was my Tinder tr- profile, I, no, I, nobody would swipe anything. They'd be like, this guy just sucks. Um, I love, I like traveling. I don't get to do it a lot. I like camping. Um, typically I do my travels and my camping and even most of my outside stuff with my son. You know, I love music, and I, I would say I like going to live music, but I don't know if I like going to live music anymore. I think I really just like going to small live shows. You know, going out to eat is nice. And I, I got to be honest with you, I don't do a heck of a lot. Some of it is financial. You know, I'm saving, you know, for things, car and stuff for the house, but and trips, you know, for my kid. Um there's a lot of places in Texas that I want to go visit that I haven't yet that are within, you know, hours. And there's some places that are really far. So, uh, sporting events, you know, big fan. I like college football. So that's cool. I don't play a heck of a lot of video games. I do with my son. And then occasionally I'll have a late night, man. I am a boy. You know, the more I talk about it, I'm, I'm awful. Wow. No wonder I talk so much on the podcast about my old life and experiences and stuff like that. It's not even old life. It's what makes us who we are today. I just have different priorities, if you want to be honest with you. I meet up friends for coffee more than I do for beer. Um, or, uh, you know, I'll meet, I'll, I do have, I am planning finally a get-together with the guys. So that'll be cool. I mean, especially if Texas is deciding to drop 80-degree weather in February. I might as well go ahead and, you know, put the bonfire pit away. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Camping's great, man. You know, whether that's being a tent or renting a cabin. Love that stuff, man. Just anything outside for me is peaceful and it just makes me feel so comfortable. You know, it relaxes me. That's why I love running outside. I can run in the gym and I feel like it's just a mission at that point. Like, okay, I'm going to run for 45 minutes at this pace or yeah, this is or this is my routine. This is what I'm going to do. And when it's done, it's done. It's like punching a clock. But when you run outside, it's just a different level. Of course, around again, around Texas, you got to be careful where you run. Or I should say when you run, because, you know, the later it gets in the summer, nobody wants to run, you know, past, you know, seven o'clock in the morning. It's brutal. But it's it is refreshing. I love doing that outside. Let's see what other podcast, what other episodes, emails. You guys are sending a ton of emails, a ton. All right, here we go. This is from, I'm going to get a female here. Jennifer, Jennifer from KC, Kansas City. I think she might email too. When you had Ashley on from All Nuts, you guys briefly talked about skydiving. Have you skydived before? Yes. I did. I did a whole episode on that. An entire episode about skydiving, actually. Uh, skydiving years ago when we were a part of this crew called Life Behind Bars. And I think I talked about that on the episode, actually. Maybe I didn't. Um, and we were all bartenders or working in the service industry. And we would get together and do things. Back when we had minimal responsibilities. I mean, we go skydiving. We literally worked till 2 a.m., we, wrote, we drove out the next morning to go skydiving, went skydiving, did a few shots, and then drove to work and probably worked. Oh, and then that night for me, I worked till 2 a.m., then went to a private uh, party with a tattoo artist and got a tattoo. 
in a span of 24 hours. I got a tattoo, went skydiving, and worked two shifts. I mean, that was, that was what we did, and Ashley was part of that crew. And, and she was major, major part of that crew until she got pregnant. And then um, even then she was kind of part of it. And then, like she said, she had her baby and then she bounced out of it. And then, of course, I bounced out much later. I've only been out of that industry essentially for three years. But yes, I did go skydiving. And, and I talked about this on the episode. I don't think I'd go back anytime soon. I, the idea of me putting myself in danger where something could happen and my son could be without a dad, um, that is not something I wanna do. Life's hard as it is and dangerous as it is. I'm not saying I'm scared or, you know, like we gotta put ourselves in bubbles, but we also don't have to invite danger, so no. When he gets older, if he wants to go skydiving, sure. And I'll go with him if he gets older and maybe I wanna do it when I'm like 90 and I'm like, all right, he's set in his ways, he's good to go and I'm on my way out anyway, yeah, maybe I'll go. But yeah, we did go skydiving. I got to be honest with you, best thing I ever did because it's one of those experiences that I will never, ever forget, ever. I mean, from the adrenaline rush and then the, just the hype before it. And I had all these people surrounding me and having such a good time. I had one girl just downright crying, but she did it anyway. I mean, when you're in the plane, you're, you're going. And if you don't go and you choose not to go when you're in, in the plane, guess what? you still paid them. So you might as well jump out of the airplane because you're wasting your money anyway. But it was, I'll never forget it. Even now, just talking about it, I, I can picture and feel it jumping down. Oh my God. I have the video. I posted pictures when I did the episode. Maybe I'll post that video uh, you know, soon and we can have some footage of that. Have you gone skydiving? You didn't, have, you didn't put that in there. Go ahead and email me back and let me know. You should also go check out that episode. I, I don't remember when I did it. You'll have to go back and look. It was a while ago. I mean, it was a while ago. So, I mean, last year for sure, obviously, considering it's only February. But check out that episode. It was a fun story, definitely, and a fun moment. And it's how I met Ashley and, and one of the reasons I had her on the show because I've known her for a while and want to support her business. Uh, she's doing a great thing there. Let's let's get to some of these good ones, not to say that the others are not good, but we got a lot of them here, so let's get to this one here. This is from Dana, and it doesn't say where she's from. So on your last episode, you talked about the Grammys, and clearly you don't like Sam Smith or appreciate his talent. Now, here we go. I knew it. <laughs> so just because you don't like somebody doesn't mean you should attack him or him. Wait, what did she write? Did she write them? My bad. Attack them for their expression and artistic, creative. I can't. I'm assuming this is a misspell, but I think she meant direction. Ah, okay. <clears throat> she goes on to say, you also do not understand what the song is about nor the performance okay that's fine hey you like sam smith no problem personally i've said it i'm not going to beat it up over and over again that performance was crap like forget the actual performance like meaning the fire and the ritualistic dancing and him dressing up as some pornographic devil and whatever forget all that crap 
he sounded bad, okay? And I know he can sing or could sing. He sounded just downright bad. It wasn't good. I'm not even talking about the performance, the song. It just wasn't good. And as far as what the song means, it's pretty obvious. I know what the song means. It's an annoying song. It's an annoying song that is a pop song that trended on TikTok and everywhere. And now we get to hear it. I mean, that's that's fine that you like. I don't care who, what anybody likes or what they watch, what they listen to. I don't care. Let's go to the next one. This is another one, guys. I told you. They're coming. <laughs> okay. On your most recent episode of the Grammys, I have to say I disagree with you. I disagree with you because, number one, you couldn't even have a normal conversation about Sam Smith without recognizing who they are. You kept on calling him him, and they do not identify as a male or female. They are non-binary, and they are genderqueer. Well, genderqueer and non-binary, uh, from what my understanding is, are virtually the same thing, but okay. The fact that you kept on saying him is disrespectful. So all your points about his music, well, you just typed his music. So, I mean, pick and choose. Anyway. <laughs> all your points about the music, the performance, the song meant nothing because you don't even have the self-respect to give other people respect. What? What? Oh my God. Okay. <clears throat> well, I'm going to address this. I'm going to refer to Sam Smith as a him. Okay. Because that's what he is. I don't care before I start being labeled something. I can't keep track, nor do I want to keep track, nor is it my job to keep track of what people identify as this week, next week, next hour, the previous hour, or so forth and so on. I'm not against that, and I need, I need everybody to understand that. But I, I'm just saying, Sam Smith has switched multiple times, okay? I don't care that he's gay. I don't care what he chooses to sleep with, who he chooses to sleep with. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. I, I don't care. I knew he was gay the minute I got introduced to Sam Smith. It's not a shock. And I don't care. I just don't. Matter of fact, I can't be more frank when I say I don't care what anybody does. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't go against, you know, it's not interfering in my lifestyle. What I believe, what I don't believe. So I don't care. Number one, the performance was crap. From a musical standpoint, he sounded bad. And I've heard him sound amazing before. Now, if you want to talk about referring to them, referring to them as they, non-bi, I'm not doing it. I'm not. And quite frankly, here's why. It's pretty narcissistic and selfish for somebody to identify, to come out and say, I identify as a female. I identify as a... <clears throat> Genderqueer. I identify as a cat. Okay. It's pretty narcissistic for that individual to expect the rest of the population 
to be on the pulse of what they identify as and not give people grace, number one. Number two, you choose to identify that. You choose that. You are choosing that identity. This is not about your belief or your sexuality. If you are gay, you're gay. If you're straight, you're straight. If you like girls, if you like boys, if you like both, if you kind of bounce back and forth, that's fine. I don't, I don't care. But now you're, you're not a male, you're not a female, you're just an entity. <clears throat> that's, that's, that's basically what you're telling me. And that's basically in the interview when Sam Smith came out right before his album dropped or shortly after his album dropped, shocker, <clears throat> when you came out and said that I, you know, I, I really don't identify as a male and I really don't identify as a female, I'm non-binary. Okay, well, look up the term, the real term, non-binary, you're, what, you're just, you're just an alien? Are you a Ken doll? I'm not being rude about it. And some people are going to take it that way. And I understand that, but that's, that's not like, I don't care. I can't keep track. And it's really like, it is not my job to sit here and keep track of what everybody decides they want to identify as, whether that be true publicity stunt or what they feel like doing that day. It's interesting because I watch comments from people that go, and I watch interviews, well, you have to respect this and you have to res I respect the fact that that's what you are saying and that's what you believe and that's what you're coming out as or whatever. I respect that. <clears throat> Guys, I'm losing my voice. I respect that. But you have to then respect the fact that I'm not going to remember that and I may never understand it. That doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me, you know... Uh, somebody who's just a bigot or, or shows hate towards people that I don't get. So I'm not going to refer to somebody as they. I'm not. I'm just not. Doesn't mean I don't like that person. Does, I'm not. Because the term they in my 44 years, that doesn't change in the English language. I understand why people say that, but I don't. But I, at the same point, I'm not, it's not my job to sit there and call you they. I'm not. Now I have friends, here's the other thing. I have friends that are gay. I have friends that are bi, which I don't understand. I don't understand bi. I understand gay. I don't understand bi. I don't. I'm not against it. I just don't understand it. And I'm man enough to admit it. Sorry. Mostly because most of the people that I've met that are bi are really just a-holes. And they're really not bi. They just use it as an excuse to be a slut. And I know that I'm going to piss somebody off by saying that, but it's true. And I'm specifically referring to like three people. But I don't understand bi, but it's cool if you are, and I'm okay with that. Whatever. Whatever floats your boat, man. The real people that I know that, <clears throat> that are bi that are not just slutty idiots... That's fine. I still don't get it, but I accept it and I appreciate it. And you do you. And as long as you're happy, I don't think anybody can ask for anything else, but I don't understand they, them, 
that's thou. I mean, no. I don't, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Doesn't mean I hate you. Doesn't mean that I'm never going to talk to you. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to support you uh, to have your right to say that. But you also have to understand that it's not my job to cater to you. Why do you have to yell at me because I don't understand it? But when I tell you I don't understand it, you won't help me understand it. And as far as Sam Smith goes, I don't care. He's a sellout. He's a pop artist that sold out, literally sold, I mean, in a sense, sold his soul to the musical devil. The performance was crap. He's not brave for coming out. What he did is not new. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a giant. I'm not saying he doesn't believe that, but everything he's doing is a publicity stunt. It is a musical formula that has been done for years. When he sits here and says, well, now I can be who I want to be. Well, you're not, then you must just be fitting into their, you're so against the grain that you're in the grain and you basically are unoriginal. Completely unoriginal. You, you know what was interesting? You were more original when you were walking around wearing a suit and actually singing. I mean, I'm sorry you had a breakup, but that's what, that's what he was. So, no, don't, don't come at me and say I don't understand. He's not, he, the talent has left the building. Flat out. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, where is the next one? Oh. Oh my God, is this for real? This would be like a John. John. From Kansas City. I get a lot of Kansas City, by the way. How do you feel about Disney changing all the movies? How do you feel about them making cartoons into live action? And how do you feel about them changing the movies? What do they mean by changing the movies? As far as how do I feel about them going to live action, like cartoons to live action, like the remakes, I think they suck. Okay? I'm serious. Like, let me look back at the live action remakes. Pinocchio, crap. Lady and the Tramp, crap. Beauty and the Beast, 70% crap. Cinderella, 75% crap. Aladdin, 85 to 90% crap. Dumbo. That was Tim Burton. 50% crap. They're not good. The Lion King. 80% crap. They're just not good. I, I And it blows my mind. By the way, they have announced that they're doing a live action Lilo and Stitch. Why? Why? It's like the track, it's almost like I feel like they do that just to have a tax write-off. They're like, you know what? Instead of canceling movies like the WB, let's just make a bunch of crappy movies and write them off as a loss. I don't know. I don't know. It's a money laundering thing. I have no idea. But as far as changing movies, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. If you mean changing them for the live action, it's crap. Look, I think The Little Mermaid looks like crap. Now, I've said it time and time again. 
I'm not a Little Mermaid fan, <laughs> you know. It, it was never my movie to begin with. It was my sister's movie. I, it's just, I'm not the target audience. I think the live action movie looks awful. I think it looks just like every other generic live action film they've made. I don't care if she's black, uh, Asian, um, Middle Eastern, um, blind. I could care less. It's a mermaid, for God's sake. They don't even exist. I think the songs are going to be good because she can sing. But I think the movie looks crappy. It doesn't, it doesn't look special. It doesn't look... Here's the thing. It doesn't look like a big-budget film. All of Disney's live-action films have a very similar look to them, and it doesn't look, look big-budget to me. It just looks bad. So, am I going to watch it? No. If it comes when it comes to Disney Plus, will I watch it? Yeah. I'll be yeah, I'll be fair cuz even if I don't like a story, even if I don't like a story of a movie, if it's done well, I I'll admit it. You know, the thing with Pinocchio was, you know, I watched it with my son and and he kind of enjoyed most of it, but it, it He doesn't want to watch it again. He'd rather watch the old cartoon. It just wasn't done well. You know, the Jungle Book, the one we got on Netflix was great. I think John Favreau did that, if I'm not mistaken. There were two of them. There was like Mogwai, is it Mogwai or Mogi or whatever? One of them's a, a Mogwai, is, isn't that the, isn't that in Gremlins? And then there's like Mogwai, I don't know, they're very similar. One of them was John Favreau and one of them was something else. Both of them were pretty entertaining. Those were decent. We just watched one the other day. I think it's the one on Netflix. But Aladdin? Good God, it was bad. And I understand picking Will Smith at the time to be the genie. But it was just bad. It was bad. And, and I hear they're doing Aladdin too. There was a rumor that The Rock was going to take place as the genie, which would be cool. If you watch Mohana, he's great in it. Would be cool. But I just say don't do it at all. Now I hear Will Smith's coming back. I don't know. Just we don't need Aladdin too. It was just it was just not good. It just wasn't good. So if that's what you mean by changing the movies, then no. I I don't like it and can't stand it. Another entertainment question, Brandon. What are some of the TV shows or series that you've been watching lately? You talk a lot about movies on TikTok and Marvel and, and others. What are some of the uh, streaming, movie, streaming shows or shows you watch? That's a good question. Oh, sorry, no, that was Tim from Dallas. Tim Stevens from Dallas. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Tim. Good question. Fun question. At least you're not attacking. By the way, guys, I have like nine other Sam Smith related questions and I'll probably get to one more of them in a minute here just because they're fun to talk about it's a lot of bashing apparently I, I suck um, what am I watching well big fan of Last of Us obviously that's phenomenal I think that's one of the best uh, video game adaptations we have seen you know <clears throat> Halo was garbage minus the first episode maybe two you know but Last of Us so far I think what would we six episodes in is it's just been 10 out of 10. I mean, if we really want to just throw some criticism there, let's say 9 out of 10, just for fun. 
So I love that. Uh, Mayor of Kingston, Kingstown on Paramount Plus. Second season, great. Tulsa King. Uh, Yellowstone, although season five of Yellowstone has not been that good. Started off good, but I'm just like, I'm really bored. So the second half is coming. Second half of season five. I also hate when they do that. They started that crap a long time ago, mid-season breaks. And to me, a bit, it's, it's hurt the movie. It's hurt the television shows. It's really hurt ratings. It hurts basic cable. It's hurt network television. And, uh, I hate that they split the seasons up. I think it's dumb. Um, because here's the thing. They're not even splitting it up. Like, okay, it's going to be off for a couple weeks and back. They're filming it still. So I'm not really into season five, but I like Yellowstone. I love the prequels. I think I said Tulsa King. Amazing that all those shows that I just named uh, were from Taylor Sheridan. It's, it's no surprise. But, you know, there's, there's some other good shows out there. You know, I've been watching The Bad Batch. Obviously, I'm a big Star Wars, Disney Plus, you know, Marvel-type situation. One of my shows that I like to put on when I um, zone out, you know, you just have those shows in the background you don't want to pay attention to, but it's on, is The Neighborhood. So it's, a, it's really, minus the laugh track, it, it's a cheesy, it reminds me of uh, the old days of TGIF, you know, with fam, uh, family, I almost said family guy, family matters, yeah, family matters, full house, perfect strangers, like all those cart, you know, cartoons, good God, all those sitcoms that would come on and they have a laugh track. It was just funny. Well, this is similar to that and sometimes it is pretty cringe, but I like it. I like the cast on there. You know, I'm a big fan of New Girl. The guy who plays Schmidt is on there, and I think he's hilarious. So I like to have that show on The Neighborhood. And some of the episodes have been great. Others are just, you know, just whatever. But that's a nice one to watch, too. Um, I did watch, I'm a big fan of Euphoria. And I can't wait for the next season to come, but I feel like we're waiting till next year. I feel like it's taken a real long time. Uh, the White Lotus. That's an interesting show. Two seasons. We got a season three coming. Those are some of the shows I watch. I feel like I watch way too much. All right, another Sam Smith question. This one is from another Jessica. Jessica from Dallas. A lot of Dallas people. Of course, they say Dallas, but then again, you know, it could be like, Plano or Frisco, you know? It's like when people say, well, I'm from Detroit, and then they tell me, they're like, oh, well, I live in Ann Arbor. Well, that's not Detroit, bro. It's not even the same area code. I appreciate your concern for the music industry, especially when it comes to kids, and I tend to agree with you. But attacking Sam Smith for having artistic expression, oh, jeez, <laughs> is really just not fair. Well, I wasn't attacking Sam Smith for artistic expression. And by the way, here's the thing about artistic expression. If you want to get up there in front of thousands of people and do something, then guess what? You are going to be criticized. If you don't want to be criticized, don't get up in front of somebody. It's kind of like when I sit there and I look at used to watch America's Next Top Model. Yeah, I know. I know. I did. And there was all kinds of pretty girls on there. 
but I would critique them. And I remember the girl I was dating that time, or maybe I was married, she would be like, well, that's really rude. You know, that's the person. Okay. They're trying to be America's next top model. Their whole purpose on this show is to be judged by everyone. The people that are on the show, their peers, and the people that are watching. If this girl was walking down the street in real life, I would never, ever, ever say these things. But if you're going to be on TV, a show that's literally so <laughs> just shallow that we are going to judge you, then I'm going to judge. So if Sam Smith's going to go up there and hump a bunch of people and have devil horns on there, I'm going to criticize you. I'm going to give you my opinion. If you don't like that and you want, see, that's the problem. Everybody wants to be able to get up and say whatever they want, do whatever they want, but they never want to hear anybody say something back unless it's in total agreement. Well, I'm not. It was a complete sellout, horrible, crappy performance that I wouldn't let my kid watch to a crappy song from somebody who is losing their talent. That's exactly what it was. And I wouldn't just say this about Sam Smith. Mind you, there's other artists that I'm like, dude, you suck now. So express yourself all you want. It's See, if you can express yourself that way, I can go and express myself any way I want to. I mean, how, like seriously, how, how selfish of people? I mean, really, it's, it is narcissistic and selfish to think that you are going to go through like your entire life, day to day, work, whatever, and be able to say and do what you want and not have somebody say something back that you might not like. Like how, like, it's like when people say I'm offended. Well, that sounds like a you problem. That's not a me problem. Because the level of offense is different. What might offend you, offend you might not offend me. And what might offend me, you might shake off. And I'm not going around. There's a difference between being offensive and then going around and saying something that's just directly derogatory, um, hate speech. That's different. But I, if you get offended by it, I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing? I'm so offended that you said that. Okay. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Like I, I should sacrifice, I should lower or adjust my offensive radar for you. So Sam Smith and people can go up, the, go up and perform any level of entertainment, good, bad, controversial or not. And nobody's supposed to say anything. They're just supposed to be like drones and accept it. Acceptance really isn't about accepting people for who they are these days. Acceptance is about keeping your mouth shut, toeing the line, and never ever going against anything. That's what acceptance is. Because the minute that you speak out on that or say that you disagree with it, you are attacked, you are, it's hate speech, you are racist, which most, there's a lot of them out there. Uh, you are, I don't know, whatever. I didn't attack Sam Smith's sexuality. I didn't call him out for being whatever he is. I, I, don't, I called him out 
from the musical performance strictly. I didn't attack him as a character. I just said that, quite frankly, I think he sold out. And I think that that performance was disgusting. And I think there's a level in the music industry and in Hollywood that is spilling over and becoming more publicized that's dark and derogatory. And really, it, it's not good for kids and certain things. I, I, I don't think that that's a... I don't think I'm wrong there. I think that's one of the biggest problems that in this world today is that we don't sit there and protect our children enough. I'm not protecting him from Sam Smith, the non-binary boogeyman. I protect him from Sam Smith, the devil humping, uh, off-note singing, ritualistic dance that he's doing. My kid don't need to see that. That's what I'm saying. I don't care about Sam Smith as the man and as the man is what he does behind closed doors, who he sleeps with. He puts pasties on his nipples and makes a horrible video. I don't care about that. That's selling out pop music. Madonna did it. Britney did it. Christina Aguilera did it. I can keep going. This blows my mind that people are so hyper-focused on when you know he just came out and said this, whoop I don't give a crap. I'm coming out and saying this. <laughs> it blows my mind. All right, got one more email, guys. I got a lot, but I got one more email, then I got to get going here. Go back to our regularly scheduled program next week. Let's see. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to pick a good one here. You know, this is a fun one. I listened to an episode that you did. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. My voice. Good God. I listened to an episode you did about living where you'd like to live. You compared it to a city, to more of a country. Wow, that was an old episode, by the way. That was like a hundred episodes ago, if not more. That was an old episode. And it was it was a good one. It was talking about how I'm a city guy, but yet as I get older, I, I want to kind of be close to the city, but not in the city. Anyway, I, 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 I you know, digress again. There's no name on this email. There's just an email address. And I don't want to give that out. So um, anyway, I listened to that email and you talked about living in a city. And live. Where are some of the places that you were living that you would like to live if you didn't live in Texas? Well, that's fun. Okay. Uh, Colorado. Uh, not Denver, as much as I like Denver. I love Boulder. I know Colorado has some issues like every other state, but Boulder, uh, some other, maybe Colorado Springs maybe. Um, let's see, let's, what's another place? Okay, I think that's all I got. <laughs> uh, Country-wise, I would like to, I mean, obviously Italy, but I would like to live in Ireland. Uh, I think that'd be fun, maybe, maybe Germany. Maybe not right now in Germany, but Ireland, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. That would be cool. Um, maybe somewhere on the East Coast, but I can't really think of it. Like, I don't want to go to New York. You know, Maine's cool. I don't want to go to Philly. You know what? I would even live in Canada. I know that sounds crazy, but like a cold part of Canada. I think I could live in Alaska, but I wouldn't with Luke. You know, he'd have to be, he'd have to be retired or something. But realistically, like Ireland, 
Colorado, like those places stand out. Uh, wouldn't mind being in the mountains or by mountains. None of the places that I want to move to are like on the coast, you know, which is probably a good thing. But more woods. Where did he live in Kindergarten Cop? That place looked fun. <laughs> I think that was like Seattle or Portland area. I think it was. I don't want to live there now. That place, place is a mess. Like Oregon's beautiful, but I don't want to live there. It's a mess. Then again, I think most of the places these days are a mess. But yeah, something like that. That'd be fun. Well, this has been a fun episode and I cannot, I may save some of these other ones. I've got a couple ones of music ones on here and then I've got a couple movie ones. I may save some of these emails for the next email episode, which probably won't be for a couple months. So if you guys want to go ahead and send some emails, comments, questions, concerns, yell at me for being a jerk, send it to the life of an average Joe podcast at gmail.com. Or you can go ahead to the life of an average Joe podcast.com and go ahead and reach me there. Of course, any of my social media platforms as well. Big shout out to Groggy Dog, Lucky 13's Tattoo Aftercare, and Canva for being amazing, amazing. Just all those people I work with are just great. You guys really help me out. Groggy Dog, just constantly putting out great, great t shirts and hats and I mean, koozies and I mean they even make tablet covers just everything and Lucky 13's tattoo aftercare got me through the winter my tattoos look good and I haven't gotten a tattoo in a long time and they're looking real good and of course Canva geez if you guys don't use that for editing forget it simple affordable plans too minus the free one they offer check that out I got all those links by the way if you click if you go to lifeofanaveragejoepodcast.com and click on those links, there's discount links too. We're all trying to save a buck these days, so totally worth it. But I'll be back next week. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for putting up with my nonsense and emailing and messaging. I really do love it. Even the people that, that are mad for what I said about their Sam Smith, I don't care. I love that you guys email. It's, I love you guys message me. I'll continue to read them. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. See you next week.